my first parish was a, um, <clears throat> we were deep in debt. Physically, the place was falling apart. Mm-hmm. There was a part-time secretary and a volunteer janitor. Right. And within a handful of years, using volunteers, a wholly mm-hmm. different level of volunteers. Right. Um, that parish was named one of the country's best Catholic churches. Right. Because it was able to organize it totally on volunteers. Right. So it's possible. Amen. It's leadership is leadership, right? Yep. So, you know, you have to pay people if you're going to expect them to do this full time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people uh, have a charism to do it, and they need to be given the power to do it, and it's it's very possible. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Hello and welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast. It's great to be with you again today. Happy Monday. I love Mondays. It tells me that there's a whole new week of opportunities and surprises. And so thanks for tuning in. If you're with us for the first time, then welcome. We seek to strive to make a difference in your leadership, to inspire you and engage you in conversations that make a difference at your parish or your business. Today, I'm joined with Father Sammy Maletta and Father Declan McNicholas, pastor and associate pastor here at St. John the Evangelist Parish. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having us. It's going to be fun to talk because I've been blessed to be working with you guys in our relationship and our partnership. It's so fun when I come here. And by the way, for those that are watching on YouTube, this is in St. John, Indiana, on your guys' set. Right. So I'm hosting you in your own home, so to speak. Okay. So it's kind of fun. Thanks for that. Um, but the, the associate and the pastor relationship isn't always easy. And yet there's such an opportunity for collaboration and impact. And some of you might recognize Father Sammy from a conversation we had on the very topic. Mm-hmm. And what's fun about this particular podcast is we get to speak with you, Father Declan, about your experience and also the impact you've felt you had. So I'm excited to do that today. It's going to be a ride. <laughs> it's gonna be, what's going to be said? Who knows? But it's going to be fun. And so maybe, Father Sammy, maybe... What are the two biggest differences that you've seen Father Declan make to the parish here as, as, a, as an associate? Well, certainly he's been a voice uh, for um, structure. Okay. Uh, he has futuristic as one of his strong uh, skill sets. And um, we are very, we have a lot of apostolic but we really don't have anyone driving it to the next, you know, conclusion. Sure. And so Declan's been great at that. Uh, <laughs> and it's really, uh, and it's, it's created a momentum and that we would not want to lose. Neat. After he's gone. Right. Yeah. Right. So he brought something that you, you didn't have before necessarily or weren't or, experiencing on your leadership team or within your staff. Mm-hmm. And now that you've experienced, it's like, wow, when he yeah. does move on, we don't want to lose that. It's right. Yeah. Right. That's cool. What's been your experience, Father Declan, as you, because uh, you, this isn't your first assignment. You know? Yeah. Tell, no. tell, tell people a little bit about what you did. You had your assignment, then you went off to do some educate. Tell us. Yeah. About so I've been at this point, I've been ordained a little over three years. I was at another parish for two years before that, 
got ordained and eight months later, COVID happened. So everything kind of changed. And during COVID year, then I went and did a master's of ecclesial administration, no, master's of administration, ecclesial management. I think okay. it's, like the, it's a hard one to remember, <laughs> Yeah, that but is. I did that online and it was, uh, it was a great experience because everything was kind of closed down, but I had got the educational background then of doing that work. Uh, and then I got assigned here just over a year ago and it was really, it's an amazing experience because from pretty much day one, Brother Sammy gave me then responsibility that I hadn't experienced before in leadership and in supporting people Neat. Uh, on staff and then different ministries. So to be able to then put some of those principles I learned in the books and then figure out, wow, okay, those are principles, but then how does it actually come to fruition? It's like all these relationships and peoples and it gets really messy really quick. <laughs> But I guess in the experience of being supported by you, Sammy, it's a, it's a powerful experience because I know I can go and screw up. And you right. keep telling me that, like, go and screw up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just I saying, don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm thinking of like three moments particularly. It's like, okay, wow. Yeah, definitely pushed it. And then, yeah, I was had the freedom to do that. And I learned a lot from those moments or things like that a couple different times. So anyway. And that's always the value when you, when you screw up is to learn the lesson. Yeah. Then the yeah. lesson becomes the value of doing the whole thing. Amen. You know, it's so true. And isn't that that, you know, the place of a father and families is to give uh, father space. and grandpa. Well, here. <laughs> we are exactly 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the Even record. though it doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> What's but, life without a little teacher? Right? So, yeah. But that's the, I, that's such a role of the father is to give, give people the opportunity to grow and learn and make mistakes and fall down and, and, and to get up and learn mm -hmm. from it because that's what makes us strong. It's those lessons we learn on our own that probably are the ones that hold the deepest memory for and us. I would also say that um, Declan has brought not just the structure, but w when you're doing this sort of thing and you're handing out authority, mm -hmm. which I do, yes, right? Yes, you do, yep. But it's so easy to hand out authority and then act as if that authority hadn't been handed out. Okay. So, and he's, he's been really good at calling me on that. He says, wait a second, you said I was supposed to be responsible for this and you just did this. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm the pastor. It's like, so it, it's, awesome. it, it's been a learning lesson. I think we both learned a lot mm. uh, about how this works. And I'm not sure. I think the fear is when, my fear is that, when everything is working as well as it does, when this ends, what will replace it? Right. Yeah, that that's kind scary, of scary. It? it is very scary. It's scary for parishioners when they have a great pastor. Mm -hmm. It's scary for pastors when they have a great associate. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be scary for an associate when they get a new pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, it, yeah, that's the future is always something that that holds trepidation. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. the future sucks sometimes. <laughs> I live in the future and then I try to control the future and then I have no control of the future. And then I'm just spiraling out of control at times. So people call me out on it. I'm miserable. That's sort of what I'm trying to help him with. Oh, is so live true. more by the spirit than oh. the control of the future. Yeah. Because you're best. I'm, I always think of that uh, passage where they, in scripture where 
Jesus says they built the granaries, they got everything done, and then they died. <laughs> like, what was the point? And everybody, ladies and gentlemen, here comes the cheeriness of this podcast. <laughs> they died. <laughs> and they died, yeah. But so true. I need to remember. But, I mean, you just got, it's all in God's hands, isn't it? Amen. It's all in God's hands. So, I mean, we, you got to do your best at planning. But at the same time, you have to be open to whatever you planned. I, 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 I had a friend who wanted to give a presentation. She was in charge of this group, this organization. Mm -hmm. I attended this presentation and she started a presentation and it was clear that it wasn't going over. Oh, right. It was clear that it wasn't connecting with people. Mm -hmm. The audience members began interrupting her and instead of stopping and saying, wait a second. Yes. Let me reappraise this. Let's just go with the flow and see, because that's yeah. going to be. Instead, she forced. Doubled down. Doubled down and forced her way through this. Yeah. And it was a disaster. And I think sometimes you got to plan because you don't plan, it doesn't happen. But then you also have to be open that if the plan goes awry, which it always does, then be ready to grab a hold of the tail of uh, yeah. that Holy Spirit and just be pulled through it. <laughs> basically that's an interesting uh word picture to describe it and and i think there's a lot of wisdom in that and i love that so declan when when father sammy talks about the structure that you've brought how, how have you experienced that like share a little bit about your strengths and and how you've been able to live those out in the context of how you lead here because father sammy is one of those pastors who leads out of a team and leadership teams yeah so I, the top, my top two strengths is discipline and futuristic. Mm -hmm. And so I like that order and I'm thinking about the future, trying to control that at times, which is the mm -hmm. basement, but trying to, uh, trying to make it so that way I can have it all in order. And so planning is very comfortable for me and it's how I mm -hmm. function. So I was just thinking this past summer. And personally satisfying. Oh my gosh, yeah. it is. And the yeah. Holy Spirit works through that planning. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it's a little inside joke, everybody. <laughs> um, but like, so for instance, just like it's Father Sammy's giving me this freedom then. So with the worship team here at St. John the Evangelist. Sure. To the summer, I took him on a two-day retreat, which we planned out the whole liturgical year, trying to name everything, then getting leadership involved uh, on day two to plan out our liturgical, like the Lent, Easter, Advent, Christmas, Beautiful. and themes around that and try to get that 30,000-foot view of those things. Obviously, when it gets closer and we start preparing homilies or doing that, we can get into the weeds. But just a sense of we know where we're all going so that way we can be on the same page. So it's very satisfying to me. Yes. And uh, it's just fascinating because you've given me that freedom to do that. So then I get to see the tension that that sometimes brings within other members that don't think similarly to me, like you, but then also other people on team too, Yeah, like that are way more led by the spirit or however you want to say that, that I'm enforcing this order. It sometimes it feels mm -hmm. like, but it, um, I hope it pays off in the sense we're on the same page. Well, and, but I and think that's, that's the beauty of this is because it's a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, so it's a help. It's not where he glories in that, where he really gets satisfaction. It just makes me. It's just like nails on a chalkboard for me. Yes, but if I forced him to live like I live, Ugh. he would be also. I couldn't function. <laughs> yeah, that's right. just, so yeah. it's like someplace in between. We have to find this medium ground. And what's beautiful about that, so I agree. And so within the context of that, consider all of the staff. Like organizations that are overled, and you're a leader, need to be managed. Man organizations that are overmanaged 
need to be led. There's a healthy tension between management in terms of efficiencies, getting things done mm -hmm. and making sure we're growing in our quality and impact and leading, making sure we're going in the right direction and causing disruption where disruption is required for impact. And I think there's a healthy, healthy tension there. I know for us at St. Benedict Parish early on, I think we were both strong in leadership and it was driving the morale of the entire staff and key volunteers down. Even though there was lives changing and everything else, our way of doing things was wearing thin and we had to grow in our ability to bring order, structure and planning because we were fine in chaos but the impact that that can have on other people sometimes can lead to a place of unhealth. And so I think what I'm hearing you say is that Declan has been able to bring that order in and you've seen the fruits and the benefits of it. It's like, I don't want to go back to complete chaos. And idea well, yeah, idea I, I think idea. it starts with like, for, from my perspective, yep. first of all, I just like Declan. Sure. Okay. I just like Declan <laughs> and I want Declan to be successful. Yes. Declan is very different than me. Yes. I look at this and I say, okay, this is not the way I want to do this. Mm -hmm. But is there anything about this that you can say is helpful and it's going to help? It's going to. Right. And so that was easy enough to do that. And then once I've got my hands on what's helpful, right. I can dismiss the part that makes me uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And what I love about that is there's chemistry. There's trust, and then you're forced, because you're open to it, to reevaluate those feelings and thoughts inside of yourself and, and kind of pull them out, put them on the table against the trust and the chemistry and go, hey, I'm going to manage this because he's doing just fine and his ideas are good. I need to pull back. And, and that's, a, that's a really interesting self-evaluation and exercise mm -hmm. in letting go and, or trying to let go yeah. and, and give people space. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I'm just thinking about how I need to become more led by the spirit now because <laughs> there is that sense of which I can over control. I think I was talking to you, Ron, like I, my ideal world is when I get everything organized and everything's running smooth, I'll just be very comfortable because I'm happy. Whereas all of a sudden you come in, Sammy, or <laughs> other people on staff and just blow it up. But then in blowing it up and we reorganize it, all of a sudden we're doing something amazing. And I think I need that person around me I'm thinking about my own future as pastor somewhere, that person that's willing and able. And I give the space for myself to say like, it's okay. They're going to come and blow it up and I'm not going to mm -hmm. crush them when they try to blow it up, even though it's going to cause me a lot of frustration. You know, it's like, I've had this, <clears throat> this long-term philosophy, like I'll tell a staff member, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want you to do that I, for these reasons. Yeah. But if you want to do it, go ahead. And then I put myself in this position two two ways one if they're successful then the fruit of that mm. is for the parish right mm -hmm. and how can i not be happy with that right okay if it's a miserable failure and they have to come back to me and say yeah you were right who doesn't love saying I told you so. <laughs> so i've won both ways so i can let go you of this <laughs> if that's what goes through my head so you're winning. It's a win-win situation. He's doing something this weekend that I didn't want to do. Yeah. They're doing it. Mass in the grass. Right. But no camel. <laughs> you did put your foot down no, on getting a no camel, camel brought in. No camel. But 
if it's successful, I'm going to be thrilled. Yes. Okay. That's right. And if it's not, I'll come and <laughs> head hung low. Oh, you were right. That. Well, that's what I need. Uh, I'm withholding that until I have to, to the very, very bloody end. It really drives into being very successful with this with this project. I love that. Well, it is a wonderful balance of of giving space, allowing things to happen, and and my guess is, and, and most of the churches that I've coached. There, they have an associate for, at one point or another. And I have to be honest, not all associate relationships with the pastor go particularly well. In fact, they can go really, really bad yeah. for, a, for a number of reasons. And, and that's hard. But even when it goes well, we have to deal with issues from time to time. Even sure. when it goes well, we can get our knickers in a knot and be frustrated or whatever. Well, human relationships. How can you have a relationship with anyone and expect that you're never going to have a disagreement? Mm-hmm. You're never mm-hmm. going to have a miscommunication. That's just just naive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're living in the same space. It's not like, think about this. It, you had to live with your boss. Mm-hmm. The guy you work with all day long. You and gotta, you don't get you, to choose your boss either. No, and you yeah. got to live with your boss. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. It's true. I mean, that's just a real strained, can be a very strained situation. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we've been able to achieve is to give each other autonomy in that context. Right. Give him, a, he is so gifted and so talented. So it wasn't really hard for me to say, I'll delegate these things. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you shepherd these things. Um yeah, I, I think that's why, in, in part, it's worked. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think, yeah, I really do. And I think it also, we have, we're very different people, but at the same time, we recognize we have, we live similar lives in the rectory. Like, <laughs> this is a great story. <laughs> so we both wake up about the same time, about like, I don't know, 5 a.m., 5.30, and there's a coffee maker in the rectory, right? And so there's a, it's a big house. And, of course, it seems like at least Gosh, three yes. or five days, three to five times a week, we run into each other at 5 a.m. No way. And we don't plan this. It's miserable because nobody wants to see each other at 5 a.m. <laughs> no, he's got his little hoodie on. Yeah. My, I'm a little bit more open with my bed hair. <laughs> I'm like, the great but it's like, going. and we but grunt like, at each other. It's yeah, like, uh. Literally. Uh, okay, good morning. Good morning. Hey, it's miserable. But, <laughs> but <at laughs> give us same, three hours. At the, time, <laughs> at the same time, it's nice. It's the, it's nice not to worry. Oh, that yeah, that I don't need to have a conversation right. with you. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. So aren't you glad I don't wake up at five o'clock? Because we, I'd be having a conversation with oh, you guys, and you drive, I'd drive you crazy. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Both of us need like a running start to the day, which means alone. Yeah, I I call myself a morning person, but I don't want to see anybody for three hours. Yeah, that that part we're similar. There are some similarities. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both driven. Mm-hmm. I think we we both are very ambitious in the sense that we want to maximize our potential mm-hmm. and maximize the potential of anything that we're working with. Yes. And so that we share that, that uh, and I saw that in him mm-hmm. when I first met him. Uh, this is this is a young man that's going to make things happen. Yeah. I noticed that too because I think you and I connected when you knew he was coming, you asked mm-hmm. us to connect yeah, and I, I don't, I think you were still taking your course. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Cause I finished up right after I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your desire to implement 
your desire to action what you're learning, to grow, to make a difference is ginormous. And sometimes when I've seen the pastor associate relationship, the associate, I don't know what they think this season is, but it's almost as if they try to do as little as humanly possible. And it's like not helpful or they have an, I don't know what their attitude is, but it's almost as if they've got to get on the same page early to define what success looks like, how they can work together, what their expectations and working styles are so that they can have that trust and appreciation for each other. Because when, when people go in with all kinds of assumptions and don't have those conversations that are formative, I find they frustrate the living daylights out of each other. And it's hard to get that back on track sometimes. Yeah. That's true. And I think from my perspective, in terms of other people I've lived with, mm-hmm. it really bothers me if they don't have energy. Right. You know, now, it's, at this point in my life, my energy level has dwindled. You run circles around me. But I never, I never, not even one single moment, doubt or wonder what he's doing. Right. Because I know he's about doing things he needs to do. Right. Sometimes I I say to you, slow down. Stop working so hard. Yeah. You know, I, I, but that's from an old man's perspective. It's just, you know, life is short. Life is shorter than for me. Than the wisdom of our yeah. age, right? Yeah. Don't try to get it all in this week. That's true. But what about tearing down the grain barns and building? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kinds yeah, of things, Father Declan, are you taking away? Have you learned from Father Sammy? You mentioned that kind of that living in the spirit or being open to that, less control a little bit about the future. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that comes to mind right right away, as I think about it, is not being afraid to take risks. Okay. I don't I see you as somebody who's willing to take risks and big risks. I mean, everything from building the church and just what you do. So it's definitely it's uncomfortable and I sure it's uncomfortable for everybody, but just that ability to take those risks when necessary and trust that the Holy Spirit is leading you in those moments and pray and have that prayer life. Um, yeah, being led by the Spirit is definitely one of those things. Uh, I love watching. Um, so our leadership team is relatively young. Like usually I'm the youngest person in the church and the, the parish staff, and I'm one of the older ones on the parish staff. And you surround yourself with all these young young people and watching how you help us and part of that grow because I'm still trying to figure out so much. And I mean, we all, all are, but you're willing to take that time and be patient with people. And it's definitely something that's inspiring. Those are definitely two of the things that come to mind right away. Thanks. That's really neat. That's really neat. And you mentioned a little bit about how Father Declan's brought some, some order or structure to some of the things. What else, how else has he impacted you? Hmm. Uh, I think he's inspired me, if I could say that. Uh, I have uh, spent a lot of my priesthood dealing with what I call corporate ministry. Yes. So trying to work through teams Mm -hmm. to create systems that impact, that for the greatest impact. Okay. And it takes a lot of meetings, a lot of Mm -hmm. so forth and so on. He's able to participate in that, but at the same time, maintain some kind of personal ministry where he's interacting with individuals. Right. And I've watched that and I thought, you know, you really should do more of that. Mm. So that, that definitely has helped me see that maybe there's a balance that I need to have. Neat. Uh, and so like 
believe it or not, I'm having two lunch appointments back to back yesterday and today with wow. parishioners. Just randomly. That's real. That's a big deal. Now for me, yeah, that'd be like maybe a twelve month quota. <laughs> Inspired by what yeah. you see, how you see yeah. Father Declan. Yeah, definitely. I, I see. Well, thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. That's a lot of fun. It's it, and it has been fun to to be here to work with you guys, to watch you guys interact, to see the impact, Father Declan, you've had on the culture here, the things that we've been working on in terms of meetings, quality of meetings, following things up, who does what by when, mm-hmm. regular one-on-one meetings, regular team meetings, like you're with the, with the strength theme of discipline as your number one, once things make sense to you and you see the value, you're really good at making that a regular part of your life and your routine, which for the people you support gives them a, a, a consistent deposit in those relationships. And it, it helps to, create moment, create and maintain momentum in a particular direction. And I think that's been really neat to watch. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I definitely see that. I also, I was just thinking like those regular meetings because how I schedule them is there's a lot of like back-to-back meetings that we have. Like Wednesday is a meeting day starting at 9 a.m. And I go till four, just meetings all day. And it's just challenge. The challenge of doing that is Mm -hmm being able to switch on the fly between people because how we support each other, how I support people, it's like, it's can be so different from one person to the other and that what that meeting looks like. And it's, it can be, it is exhausting. It is exhausting by Wednesday evening. Now, what would you say to people? Cause I'm sure there's people listening to this going, what <laughs> an associate in meetings for a whole day. When are you going to do priestly ministry? What would you say to that? Well, I would say the meetings are priestly ministry, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, we're really clearly building up leaders, right? Yes. That's, that's what we have decided that this parish, to make it great, it's got to build up its leaders. And so we're both doing exactly that. Yeah. Um, I primarily, to my leadership team, yes. my leadership team to their the people that report to them, yeah, and now we're, you know, we're going to have this leadership summit Saturday. Yes. Where we're beginning to open that up to the a broader parish and pull people in. It's about leadership. Oh, so excited when you guys I hear you guys <laughs> talk like that. It really is, and so often people don't see investing in others, raising up, identifying, investing in other people regularly, leaders to grow them to make them grow in their influence and impact. They don't see that as priestly ministry. But that's also what I was saying earlier. Declan has, uh, first, he's just an unbounded amount of energy. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I don't feel like that sometimes. <laughs> no, because, you know, well, listen, yeah. listen to the pastor and pace yourself a little bit. <laughs> he still manages to have, I think, a very robust um, personal life mm-hmm. with and beyond parishioners. Right. Which I think is something important that feeds him. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, that's, that's a challenge for all of us, right, mm-hmm. to be able to have that balance. And, again, that's what's inspired me. To see, I see he's able to do that. So, yeah, all the ministry in building up leaders, but we still have time to do anointings. Yeah. To, of course, funerals. Mm-hmm. Our sermons, that's our biggest impact of mm-hmm. the week. So I think we both work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I spend about 10 hours a week. I know you do at least that, if mm-hmm. not more as well. Yeah. Because we're not doing... That Sunday experience is our 
that's that's the moment for the whole the whole thing. Right. I mean, we're we're touching more lives through that Sunday experience than anything else. Right. So it requires a lot of reflection, a lot of prayer, and we'll sometimes talk about because uh, what we do is we alternate, we switch yeah. off. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Oh, I don't have an idea, or I can't get this thing to work, and awesome. And we'll 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 listen, or we'll encourage, or we'll well, your problem. <laughs> I was gonna, I was waiting for that too because I've definitely said that to you, yeah, yeah, but I'm not preaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it all works. Yes, you know? uh, and I think if you, um, I was with somebody, um, a parishioner the other day, of course, with Bishop Melzick, who's yes. his former secretary. And Bishop Melissa passed a couple of days ago. It was a good friend of ours. Uh, and she was going on and on of how much she loves Father Declan mm -hmm. and how much his preaching has changed since he's been here, mm -hmm. that he puts something of himself in every sermon. And if you remember that at the very beginning, that was our <laughs> challenge to do that. Yeah. And I remember when he succeeded in doing that. So do I. I remember he literally that. came, his feet didn't even touch the ground as he came back home. He was so <laughs> excited. And that, you know, from my perspective is like, that's, it makes everything worthwhile, doesn't it? Right. That I have to give up my house. <laughs> yeah. I, See somebody at the coffee machine and, and what, in the what pastor, what pastor in his right mind was tell the associate he can get a dog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is today is National Dog Day. So yeah. happy National Dog Day as we record this. Okay. I think that means there's, a lot. <laughs> there's two in the house right now because of the generosity of you, Sammy. <laughs> so what I'm hearing you guys say is that you, know, you prioritize preparation for the homily. In fact, up to 10 hours or more, which... Again, for our listeners thinking, go, what? Some of them just do it on the way. Well, yeah, of, you know. it's crazy. I think when priests don't do that. And that's, yeah, right. I, I, there was the, the priest who taught me, who really helped me learn how to start preaching was Father Kevin Huber. And he's been a priest, I don't know how many years. He's a little young, younger than you, but been a priest for many years. He said, like, never not just prepare. Like, that's the most important thing you should ever do. It's always, always stuck with me. And then you've inspired me because I see you doing that. Right. You just celebrated an anniversary. How many, uh, 43 years? 42. 42 years ordained. Just like continue to do that. Sorry, Mike. No, Sorry, that's okay. Like, it's just like for me, it's just ingrained. Right. It's so. It's so. It's so powerful because that's one of your priestly responsibilities is to preach the word of God. And I've also heard you say we 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 do anointings, we do the sacraments. We so you're celebrating the sacraments. That's another key part. But the other part is leading your people, and you spend a big chunk of time leading people, multiplying yourself by investing consistently in key people for their impact. And that's the piece I see over and over again priests don't do. They consider priestly ministry all the other things that can take up your time, energy, and effort, which would be meeting with people or actually doing ministry yourself instead of seeing the ministry. I kind of, and I've held this for a long time, if it doesn't require a cleric, then someone else should do it. I mean, just people, their baptismal promises, they're, they're, they have to be called forward to exercise uh, those things. And so if um, it doesn't require a priest, let a lay person do it. I mean, I just, that's how I feel about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely am coming to understand that better. Um, yeah, I see the impact of being able to raise up those leaders then within the community. I think it's just that balancing act too, because we are like you are the father to this community. 
And so those moments in which, yeah, you could ask, you don't need to be there, but the impact, like the, by you showing up brings just another level of um, comfort or, you know, uh, meaning gravitas to that situation because of who you are as the, as their father. So I think that's balanced within that as well. I think that a pastor becomes very much like a bishop in a parish. Mm -hmm. The role of bishop is mostly symbolic. I mean, bishops try to create their own like parishes, the diocese into parishes, but really it's that moment, those key moments where the bishop shows up that is symbolic. And I think that very similar with a pastor. It's more symbolic. Uh, so at a big meeting like tomorrow, I'll show up. Um, there are certain events, I'll show up. Last night at the school, yeah. I showed up. Um, did more than showed up. <laughs> you played your part. You yeah, showed up I mean, and you played your right, part. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is the father. Yeah. I which is that. a strong but compassionate voice yeah just reminds me last weekend when we're recording this uh second reading was hebrews what father doesn't discipline their children mm -hmm. to make them grow it's out of love and yeah yeah it's if we understand that as priests i think we can have a bigger impact on our people because we're helping them encounter christ and sometimes we need that and so so many you know you're blessed here father same i know a lot of our listeners there in different parts of the world where you know their staff consists of the pastor part-time secretary and a small dog. And, and so it's like, what are you talking about? I literally do everything. Well, I had experience in that. My first parish was, a um, <clears throat> we were deep in debt. Physically, the place was falling apart. Mm -hmm. There was a part-time secretary and a volunteer janitor. Right. And within a handful of years, using volunteers, a totally different level of volunteers. Right. Um, that parish was named one of the country's best Catholic churches. Right. Because it was able to organize it totally on volunteers. Right. So it's possible. Amen. It's leadership is leadership, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have to pay people if you're going to expect them to do this full time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people uh, have a charism to do it, and they need to be given the power to do it. And it's, it's very possible. Yeah. So I know when I like do convocations and uh, priest retreats, yeah. I get this all the time because a lot of guys have like rural parishes and that's right. you're talking about your big fancy church with all, what do we got? 20 some staff members or something. Something like. close to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the parish side, not including the school. Yeah. Not counting the school. So, well, that's a different world. I'm thinking that the principles of running mm -hmm. a successful, vibrant parish that's fruitful are applicable in almost every situation. We, we've been trying to get our hands on an inner city parish. We would love to try to put these principles in place there. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it works across the board. Right. But of course, never in any of these situations, so he, he's going to leave here eventually and he's going to go to a parish mm -hmm. and he's going to bring all this energy that he has and the experience he has here. And he's going to use some of those principles, but it's going to create a different type of vibrancy mm -hmm. that's going to look like that community. And so it doesn't have to be exactly the same, does it? No. No. So it's just the, the idea that people's hearts are being transformed by Jesus Christ. They're mm -hmm. giving their lives. And in the process, 
that whole idea of what is a disciple and how we bring more people to the Lord. That's what we, that's why we're created, right? Amen. Yeah. And baptized and sent forth. And I'll shut up. <laughs> I love it. I just, found that energy. <laughs> I mean, you keep preaching it. It gets me so excited. Well, and again, you you kind of, uh, we sat down the other day and we listened to Craig Groeschel's right. podcast together. Mm-hmm. And, and he talks about the fact that, you know, they were up to 47 churches and they were, they said, if you blindfolded somebody and dropped them in the church, you wouldn't know what church you were in because they made everything carbon copied exactly the same. And yet what they found was every community wasn't the same. Right. And so it's like we have the same messaging, same building, same structure, same staffing arrangement, same everything. Why isn't everything the same? Because it's never always the same. Right. You're working with people. Because you're working with people and leaders are people. I'm just thinking like the experiences, and I can't wait for you to go there, uh, St. Mary's. Detroit, oh, yeah, because it's a tiny little community in the city of Gary, yeah, and it's a very eclectic group of people. I mean, there's everything yeah. there. Yeah. Small community, but they their music is uh, more high church. Yes, they are lucky enough to have a phenomenal organist uh, has a great voice. If we try to impose our music on that community, mm-hmm. it would be a disaster, right? And nor would their music work here to do what we're trying to do. But there it works very well. Yes. And so there's going to be all kinds of nuances Mm -hmm. that change, but the principles are the same. Mm -hmm. It's driving people closer to Christ. What parishes that function to maintain their buildings and are missing? Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, that's Malin's point, isn't it? Yes. So go to mission. Mission is what drives all this. And mm-hmm. that little parish is focused on mission. Mm-hmm. They're changing those lives. That's so that's great. a fantastic thing. So I'm saying whether you have any staff or little staff <laughs> or a huge staff, these principles will work. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And it's kind of funny to to think about Father Declan, like, man, what impact you're going to have when you're sitting in the big seat wherever that is. I'm excited to, we're definitely going to have you back on the podcast and talk about that as you venture into that, because it's never what you Well, don't get rid of him yet. No, I know. It's like, hope he never goes. Let's be clear. He's still around, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. But we're just looking into the future and recognize we'd love to keep you here forever. And at the same time, you're going to have a wonderful impact when you're in the big chair. Here's a mess I'm going to give to pastors, because when Declan came here, pastor said something like, Maletta's crazy for giving him all this authority. He's not ready for it. Hmm. I think that, well, first of all, I, I really believed he was ready for it. Right. Uh, um, but I think pastors, how can I say this without being insulting? Take your time to think about it. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't help, Ron. Um, <clears throat> get yourself out of the picture, guys. Look at what the Holy Spirit's telling you, and then move, then act. That young man has been called to the priesthood. The Lord has a purpose for him, and you need to let him try to explore that without your ego getting bruised. Mm. Amen. You said that so nicely, too. If I encourage all of our listeners to go back and listen to our first podcast, because you really spoke into that beautifully. 
And I'm glad you're not going anywhere, Declan, because it's awesome working with you and the impact that I'm seeing you have on the leadership team, on the structures that you support, uh, the inspiration that Father Sammy's gaining from you. We can. It's just so fun to watch people who respect each other, appreciate each other, have great chemistry, who have the work ethic and the character to match it, collaborate together to do great things. It's been fun. What would your closing comments be, Father Declan, as we wrap up? <laughs> Uh, I was uh, I was just reflecting recently since I just celebrated one year here at St. John the Evangelist a couple months ago, and I was just thinking how different I am a year later. So it's just amazing to see how much I've grown mm-hmm. in everything, in every area of my priesthood, and just in being a man, it's amazing to see that. So it's been really a fun ride, and so it's exciting to see what the next year holds. Mm-hmm. And then I was just thinking, like, as an associate, I was thinking it's just, um, I think it's easy to, it's easy to hide. It's really easy to just say like, okay, fine, not my parish, not my problem. I'm just going to wait until I become a pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think because of your encouragement, I <laughs> I get my voice heard, and I'm gonna I'm gonna and I find my voice, and I found it, and so I'm begin I continue to find it, but so continue to push as the associate mm-hmm. to say like, no, this is my thoughts, and I have valid thoughts, and mm-hmm. they're they're going to be heard, and I'm going to be a part of this conversation, whatever it is, right? Yeah. One of our key values as a parish is um, radical ownership. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's saying is a lot of associates don't really own. Yeah. They're functioning. They're getting their paycheck. Yeah. Putting their time in. Mm-hmm. He radically owns what he's doing. Love that. Love that. Well, why don't we wrap it up there? I appreciate you guys so much. It's fun. And I hope this has been an encouragement to you as you consider where you're at as a pastor or an associate. I know we're going to continue to, I'm investing in associates. And so I'm going to encourage you to go over if you have an associate or if you are an associate, go to ronhuntley.com. There is going to be a page there to sign up, to come once a month, to have a roundtable conversation with other associates to discuss how you can make the most out of this season of your priesthood. Because the truth is, it's way harder when you get in that big seat than you think it is. So don't waste any opportunities between now and then to grow, to be intentional, and take responsibility for this season and this opportunity in your life. For those of you that are sharing on social, please tag us because we'd love to share that again. Thank you for subscribing to YouTube and uh, connecting with all of our channels. We really appreciate your support. God bless you. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.